For Cardinals fans, the postseason has been a bit painful to watch with constant reminders of what might have been had the team held on to Adolis Garcia and Zach Gallen. Thomas Gavain from RedbirdRants.com joins us today to tell us whether or not the Cardinals' decisions to trade these guys was actually the right thing to do at the time. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor. Born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, X, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. Of course, we want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. As usual, if you're looking for a visual version of the show, you can find us on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you're interacting interacting with us. Hit your notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So today we have another guest. I want you guys to give a nice, warm, locked-on Cardinals welcome to Thomas Gavain from RedbirdRants.com. On the show today to talk a little Cardinals baseball, Thomas, welcome, and uh, thanks for squeezing us in today, man. I know you're a, you're a busy guy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, JD. It's tough to find time in the evening with a baby, but that's all right. I found it. That's all right. So how old is the newborn? He'll be two in December, so not too much of a newborn, two. but sometimes it feels like it. <laughs> new enough. New enough where it's they're not walking and doing things on their own just yet. At least nothing uh, you know, good. They're still getting right. into a lot of trouble, probably. Uh, Candy happy moment, Halloween. But... Happy Halloween, by the way. Are you dressing uh, the child up this year? What, what are you guys going to be? Yeah, he'll be a pilot this year. He's been into planes lately, so we'll go get his air suit on, some nice sunglasses, kind of look like, uh, oh, what was that, the movie Top Gun? Top, like Gun. Top Gun, you guys got to be maverick. Don't be Goose. Goose dies. You know, right. spoiler alert from 1986 for those of you who don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just make sure they're all good guys. So uh, all good, man. All good. All right, well, let's move on to uh, what is at hand today, the business today. We're talking Cardinal baseball, and we're talking about the ones who got away today. Uh, you know, every team in every sport, at one time or another, has made a dumb trade or a dumb transaction, made a bad draft pick. It is impossible not to make mistakes like that when you're dealing with predicting what another human being is going to amount to at some point in their professional careers. Uh, we can talk NFL. You know, the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, sixth-round pick of the Patriots. You know, that position is it's scrutinized and it's studied more than any position in any sport. And yet the guy who ends up being the goat slipped past everyone for six rounds. You got Pujols for the Cardinals, one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time. 13th round pick. Michael Jordan didn't go number one overall in his draft. You had, uh, what was it, Olajuwon and uh, Sam Bowie ended up going ahead of him. Kobe Bryant, it always comes to mind. I always remember this trade. 13th overall, the Hornets take him and then they trade him like a month later for Vladi Divac, you know, like how lopsided is this? So my point is that, you know, when you judge young talent, it's not easy. It's just not an easy thing to do. And the people in charge, they screw it up. They screw it up all the time. So which leads us into our discussion today about two guys that the Cardinals had and then shipped away and have gone on to find a lot of success currently playing each other in the World Series. So it's, you know, front and center, 
big stage right now that you're getting to see these guys, Adolis Garcia and Zach Gallen. Now, the situations for each of them were quite different uh, on how and why they were moved. And you just did a piece uh, on Redbird, redbirdsrants.com that uh, talks about this and whether or not, considering the stir- circumstances at the time, were the Cardinals right by actually moving them when they did. So I want to start with the one that I, I am the most upset about, Thomas. I was I hated it from the beginning when it went down, and that was when they DFA'd Adolis Garcia. They trade him for cash considerations. Now, the reason why, because at the time, it's not like he was a huge prospect or anything like that, but you know, sometimes you see an athlete and you're like, that dude right there is a stud at something. He's an athlete. Just the build, the look of Adolis Garcia when he was a Cardinal. I'm going to put a picture up here up on the YouTube page for those. See, like, look at him. And he's bigger now than he was back when he was with the Cardinals. Back with the Cardinals, he was still built, but he was a little slimmer. He was a little bit younger. And now you look at him and he's this tank in the middle of the Rangers lineup. And he's doing these amazing things. Wins, you know, ALCS, MVP. Um, let's talk about the situation with Adolis Garcia and what was going on with the Cardinals at the time and why they got moved. What can you tell us? I think part of it comes down to the team needs. I mean, if you look at our outfield back then, we had Dexter Fowler, we had Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill was up to the rise. Dylan Carlson was a top prospect in baseball. I think he reached number 13 that off season. And so we had the outfielders, we had the talent and Garcia wasn't even our top 30. So while it may look like he had the potential, he just wasn't, he didn't have the tutelage or he didn't quite have the name power that the other people we had did hold. And we did even need him pitching. So he was cleared out for, for a pitcher, left-handed pitcher from Korea. Mm-hmm. And so we, we got rid of an excess, brought in a need. And that, I think that's what it came down to at the time. Yeah, and it was uh, KK was the guy that they ended up moving him off the roster for at the time. And, um, you know, Cardinals fans, I don't remember anybody complaining at the time. Nobody seemed to be all that upset when it first went down. I just didn't like the fact that you were just clearing him out and you weren't getting anything in return for a guy that had decent numbers in the minor leagues. Again, not a superstar. It's not like he was doing these incredible things. Like when you go back and you look at, Randy Rosarena, who he's getting compared to a lot now because of the similarities with the ALCS uh, MVP and stuff. Um, Randy Rosarena had much better numbers and was a much better prospect than Adolis Garcia was at the time. I don't know what it was about the Cardinals at the time. I understand that, you know, maybe you had a need for other things and you had an excess of outfielders, but I'm not sure what it was about him where they were just like, eh, cut him loose. He's not worth it even though he had made it up to the major league roster. And even his minor league numbers, he had an OPS in the 800s that same year we released him in over 500 plate appearances. So it wasn't a fluke by any means at that point. I think they just needed some sort of space. Like you said, it would have been lovely to get something in return for him, not just some cash and sprinkles on the side. Mm-hmm. But clearly nobody needed him. It was the off season too. So they may not want to wait until winter meetings when they could have started trading and the interest would have risen then at that point. Yeah, I'm not sure even what they would have gotten in return for a guy Mm -hmm. who wasn't even a highly rated prospect or anything like that. And I also, we got to point this out to fans who uh, forget this part as well, is that after the Rangers got him, they also DFA'd him. Mm -hmm. They did. So clearly they (laughs) saw something that they didn't enjoy too much with him. They brought him back soon after, but they didn't see too much that 
we didn't see either. So it just seems to be a lot on Garcia. He made the changes. He made the progress that he needed to, to really start improving in the majors. And it stinks to see him hitting bombs for Texas Rangers of all teams, but it's still fun to see him improve and have success in his major league career. Yeah. As uh, somebody who just enjoys rooting for somebody who, yeah, had a, it wasn't easy for him to get to yeah. where he was. I mean, people forget that they think he's like a 25 year old kid right now. He's not, you know, he's in his thirties now. So, right. um, you know, he, he, he fought and he clawed. And as you said, made adjustments and is finally seeing uh, his hard work pay off and uh, what he's doing with the Rangers right now. Now, in your opinion, when we're talking about just this particular move first, was it the right time to move on from Adolis Garcia? Like when you look back at it, did the Cardinals actually make the right decision for what was going on with them at that moment? I would, I would think so. I mean, they needed pitching in the rotation, they were losing some names. Lance Lynn was gone at that time. They needed to fill in some back spots at the end of the rotation. And KK came in as left-handed pitcher. So to get rid of that space, it seems to make sense. I'm not fully certain who are the other players. I mean, you look at the guys we just released off the 40-man right now. Some of the names are players we saw in the majors that nobody really wanted to see at that point anymore. So there may <laughs> have been some of those guys hanging around. But Garcia seems to be – he was 26 when we ended up releasing him didn't quite have the major minor league stats that the team wanted to see, didn't quite have the prospect status that would have been nice. So it seems to make sense. He was just the bottom of the list. And another thing you got to remember too is, yes, they let him move on to greener pastures, but at the time the Cardinals were still winning. It's not right. like they made a mistake and the whole team fell apart. And mm -hmm. because he wasn't there, all of a sudden they became losers. I mean, you're talking about guys like O'Neal, who had the – Incredible season in 2021. Harrison Bader, obviously big fan favorite, huge for this team uh, over the years that he was in a Cardinals uniform. Uh, people will get bitter about Dexter Fowler. I'm somebody who actually sticks up for Dexter Fowler because he was what he was. Like his numbers yep. weren't all that different than what he was doing with the Cubs. And when he was doing well, it's just people expected something more out of him than what Dexter Fowler really was when the Cardinals signed him to that deal, which was an overpay in my eyes when it actually went down. Obviously it ended up being that way in the long run when uh, his, his you know, tenure with the Cardinals ended unceremoniously, but um, you know, Fowler had a couple of pretty good years when he was healthy with the Cardinals that weren't all that shabby. So looking back at it, yes. If you could say, Oh, if we knew Odolis was going to be this good. You wouldn't have got rid of him in the first place. But uh, at the time, this seemed to be the right move is what you're saying. Absolutely. His minor league numbers were strong, but they weren't anything stellar or eye-popping. And we had the guys, like you mentioned, Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill's on the come up. So there were spots that he wasn't going to make out on the major league roster. So, Yeah. Okay. Well, another one that ended up getting away for different reasons is starting pitcher Zach Gallen. And we're going to talk more about that. And uh, we'll get into uh, some of this Arenado trade talk that has just kind of bubbled up again over the last couple of days. So we'll get into that more here with Thomas Gavane from RedwoodRanch.com on Locked on Cardinals. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there really is no better time to get into the action. Your app, very easy to use for uh, some of us who, who have a tough time figuring out apps. 
Not a problem on FanDuel. They give you all sorts of directions. If you're confused about what you're betting on, how you're betting, who you should be betting on, they've got plenty of help there on there for you and a wide range of betting options, which include the spreads, the player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. Uh, I mentioned uh, I had a bet on Sunday on the Ravens who were giving 9.5 to Arizona, which when it happened, I was not excited about that particular bet. But then I was like, you know what, because 9.5 is a lot. I was like, yeah, I was like, but it is the Ravens against the Cardinals. Like this is, it shouldn't be that close of a game. And I had it. And then all hell broke loose at the end of the game where the Cardinals are able to march down the field twice. They get an onside kick. They kick a field goal, even though they're down 10 and I lost the bet, but it made that game way more fun to watch. And I was way more interested in it than any other games because of that. And I was oh so close to, to getting the win. So that's the kind of excitement you can enjoy with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter anytime you want. Your feedback, always welcome and encouraged. If uh, you like what Thomas and I are talking about today, go ahead, give us a like and uh, leave us a comment. Tell us what you like. If you think we're idiots and you don't like what the heck we're talking about, and this is all stupid to you, let us know. It's okay. We can, we can take constructive criticism with the best of them. So um, let's continue down the list here. We just did Odolis Garcia who uh, got DFA, traded to the Rangers, cash considerations, not much in return. The Zach Gallen situation was a, a totally different story. Zach Gallen moved part of a massive deal that has moved to the Miami Marlins for uh, Ozuna at the time. And when it happened, when that trade went down, again, I don't remember a lot of people complaining all that much because Ozuna's coming off this ridiculous season in Miami, a career year for him down with the Marlins. And he is a silver slugger. He's winning gold gloves. Like you're getting this ultimate left fielder adding pop to the middle of your order, something you thought you needed. And you're sacrificing a bunch of different prospects in, in this trade. Zach Gallen at the time though, if you can remind people, Thomas, it's not like he was the number one pitcher in their system at the time. No, we had Alex Reyes coming up at that point, which is a sour note for many, many fans of Cardinals at the moment still. But Alex Reyes was there. Jack Flaherty was a prospect still on the rise. Luke Weaver was was on the team, too. So no slouches by any means ahead of him on the prospect list. And it seemed to be that the Cardinals were, were willing to give away from their starting pitching. Uh, Wainwright, Waka, Lance Lynn, they're all still in the rotation, too. So pitching. It's the opposite, I guess, of the Garcia situation. At that time, we had too much pitching. Now we'd like the opposite. But there were prospects everywhere that were higher ranked than Gallon was. So he seemed to be an expendable commodity at the, at the time. And remind me, what level was Gallon at when he was moved? Was he double A or was he an A still at the time? In 17, he played all three levels, I believe, all the way up to triple okay. A. And his I, I, got a, just, I got a I got a photo of him here. Are you ready for this one? Because opposite of Adolis Garcia, here's <laughs> what Zach Gallen looked like at the time pitching there. See, not exactly the coolest looking brother on the planet. Like, look yeah. at him. Like, you're like, uh, I don't know about that. He's still got the goofy goggles that he that he yeah. wears on the mound. But um, even when you see him now, like it's it's not like 
Yeah, like when you look at Adolis Garcia, you're like, that's an athlete. When you see Zach Gallon, you're like, he's probably in a band or something. <laughs> like he's doing something other than being an amazing starting pitcher for a team in the yep. World Series right now. He's got the flow and everything going. But um, Zach Gallon at the time, it, like you said, he, they're trading from a strength, which mm-hmm. is something that, you know, teams do. Like when you've got guys like where was Zach Gallon going to go for the next couple of years? if he stuck around in the Cardinals organization, knowing that you had guys like, like you mentioned, Jack Flaherty, Weaver, and Alex Reyes. Reyes was the number one rated, was it right-handed or overall pitcher in in, in the pipeline at the time? In the pi- in our pipeline, it was number one overall, maybe even number one right-handed pitcher for all of baseball too. I think he was. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a guy that had nowhere to go, was getting blocked by multiple people, um, and at the time, I, I don't remember which one was rated higher, but Sandy Alcantara, obviously in that trade as well. Uh, but right around the same, I, I believe, I believe they were like in between 10 and 15 in the Cardinals organization, mm-hmm. like their ranking. They weren't even top 10 guys. If I remember correctly. No, I got it in the article. I wish I, I pulled it up from my, from the back of my memory, but yeah, Gar- Gallon may have even been 17 at, yeah, at that like, off season. So, I mean, relatively high end, but on the grand scheme of things, Definitely doesn't match up to the other prospects we had at the time. And again, this is a, a time when the Cardinals are are winning. They're not in a situation where, well, let's just wait a couple of years and see how things go. Like they were in a mode where, look, if we had this impact bat, we might be winning a winning a ring this year. And mm-hmm. that's what they were thinking when they got Marcelo Zuna. Uh, in your article, you kind of go through uh, what Ozuna's numbers and stuff were like just a just a monster bat in Miami. And uh, yeah, we're looking at Gallon across high A, double A, and triple A in 2017. 2.93 ERA for Gallon, 1.172 whips, struck out 121 hitters in 147 innings. Like if you heard those numbers today, you'd be like, eh, <laughs> yeah, and- that's not that great with the strikeouts. Strikeouts are what people are clamoring for right now. It seems to be the way the league is moving, but even then, he's not allowing runs. He's not getting batters on base very often. Those are fine numbers for what could have been three or four starter in the rotation, but clearly he's shown himself to be an ace. And it took time, and it was time mm-hmm. for him and for for Sandy, who you know he goes on to win a Cy Young, and then uh, Gallon's going to be in the voting for it this year. But at the time, was this the right move to go get Marcelo Zuna? In your in your opinion. Was this the right move at the time for what the Cardinals were doing? Because we can all go and say, oh, man, back day. How could Mo do such a thing? How can you trade these amazing prospects who end up being, you know, future stars? But at the time, they weren't amazing prospects. You know, if they traded, if if, put it this way, if they traded like Reyes and Flaherty, then people might have lost their minds. Absolutely. I mean, those two prospects were supposed to be the pitchers that carried us for five, six, seven years. And if they were the ones who would have been sent away, that sure fans would have rushed the stadium, burned down a couple of benches <laughs> out there, statues. Yeah, I'm sure that would have happened. But I, I would say it was the best idea. I mean, you look at our lineup at the time, and the top three hitters were Matt Carpenter, Yachty, and then Tommy Pham, who has seemed to make a resurgence. And they just need another big bat in the middle of the lineup hit some home runs, get some RBIs. Ozuna was coming off 37 homers, 120-plus RBIs that year, so he seemed to fit the bill, and Gallon was just a part of the depth. So I don't know many fans 2017 that were waiting in line to buy Zach Gallon minor league jerseys, but 
<laughs> now, did you see today? I don't know if you were on Twitter X too much, but the Memphis Redbirds are are so wise. They all of a sudden, <laughs> amazingly, have an autographed jersey by Zach Gallon. They've also got uh, a game worn jersey from Adolis Garcia, which is now up for, um, I guess, for auction is what they mm-hmm. have them on. Like, yes. I don't even know how they have that stuff laying around still, but they do. They're and capitalizing. You if you were that big of a fan of Gallon and Garcia back in those days, you can get a piece of their history when they actually were a part of the Cardinals organization. Yeah, I'm sure those are just going to be like baseball cards if these two make the Hall of Fame or something like that. <laughs> exactly. The value only exactly. rise. But All right, so bottom line, at the moment of where these teams were for the Cardinals, making these moves with Garcia and Gallon those were the right things to do in your opinion. I would say so. I mean, hindsight's always 2020. 20. It stinks to see sure. them succeed in another team here, but I mean, we needed some pop in the middle of the lineup when we traded Gallon and Alcantara and then Garcia just didn't quite seem cut out for the major leagues when we had sent him away. He was 26, 27. Had shown some promise in the minor leagues, but didn't show it in his 20 plus plate appearances in the majors and was excess at the time. So, shedding some extra skin for needs that we had. Not for fans who will argue and say, well, you guys didn't give him a chance at the major league level. What, what do you tell that fan who's going to, I no doubt we're going to have that in the comment. Well, 20 at bats. Yeah, really? That's what you're going to give him? What do you say to that argument? We were a team who was trying to win. And on teams that are contending for division titles and possibly even World Series, you don't give players time to figure it out in the major leagues. It's are you cut out or are you not? And at the time, didn't seem like Garcia was. And Gallon just didn't quite have the prospect status that we would have liked out of him. So while it may seem All like right. they, well, we're gonna put we're gonna put Thomas's uh, article. I'm gonna have it linked down into the show notes and in the information on our YouTube under the comments section, so you guys can go check it out for yourself and read up on. Uh, all of the stuff that he's got put there for you. And you can make your own choice. I mean, obviously, as uh, Thomas said, hindsight is 2020. Sure, we would love to have these guys. I mean, I did a, a voting, like a, a poll on Twitter last week. And it was like out of these four guys. And it was Gallon, Garcia. Uh, who else was I thinking of? That uh, Maybe it was Sandy. And then I'm trying to think who the was other guy was. Yes. And I was like, which one of these four... You can keep one of them. Which one are you going to do? Overwhelming vote ended up being for Sandy Alcantara, who is not going to pitch next year. He's out. He's not going to help your team next year. Who knows how he's going to look when he comes back from Tommy John? It doesn't always work. No. And yet, that's where everybody wanted to go. So, um, I don't know. If you had to choose out of those four, which one would you take back? Probably Zach Allen at the moment, but recency bias. If you would ask me last year, I'd say Sandy, but his injury and last year's performance it just doesn't quite seem like he has that what he had back a couple years ago and pitchers have a lot more effect on a on a baseball game than one out of eight fielders so well pitching is something that the cardinals are in desperate need of and coming up next we're going to talk about the i don't really want to say it's a trade rumor but you're starting to hear more whispers about nolan arenado to the dodgers and uh we'll see if thomas feels like that might be a good move or it's a bad move for the Cardinals. So we'll, we'll talk about that coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. All 
All right, once again, we got Thomas Cabane coming from redbirdrants.com. Excellent writer over there. If you guys don't visit redbirdrants.com, I don't know what you're doing with your lives when it comes to reading fun stuff about the Cardinals because it's a great mix because there's stuff of about like legit factual, hey, this is news and here's the reports and blah, 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 blah. And then there's also the fun stuff like we're doing today where we're getting ready to do right now is talk about, hey, what if Nolan Arenado got traded? Who are the guys that you're going to want? And that they have new fresh stuff up there at redbirdrants.com every single day. So I encourage you guys to go and check it out. It's a it's a really fun read and uh, you'll learn a lot about uh, what's going on with the Cardinals and what could happen with the Cardinals. Like this particular story where we heard that, well, I should say we heard it was brought up by a guy on ESPN that maybe the Dodgers, he writes for LA, should rekindle talks with the Cardinals about trading for Nolan Arenado. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think Mo pretty much put his foot down at the trade deadline this this past year. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to do it now. Um, maybe if free agency doesn't quite go the way they want it to, maybe they have to go look in a direction like that if uh, if things are really going bad, like worst case scenario. But I don't think it's all that realistic. But if it happened, if it was something that, all right, we'll listen. What do you want to offer? What would it take for you? You're, you're playing Mo right now, Thomas. What would it take for you to send Nolan Arenado to LA? What would you need to come back to you for you to say, I accept that trade? In three words, pitching, pitching, pitching would be the return. Um, they've got quite a few prospects. I know it seems strange to say because they needed pitching these playoffs, but they've got Gavin Stone, Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller, all these guys that could come over in an exchange for Nolan Arenado and that those guys alone would push our rotation up into the one of the best in the National League discussions. So I think that pitching would be the main need, obviously, out of Nolan Arnado, should he be traded. But they've got some other guys that we could use as fillers in the minor league system just to beef that up. That seems to have been the goal of this past trade deadline for Mosellock and company. So, Yeah, I, I made a point in yesterday's episode where I was like, at first, my first thing, would I would say, I want Walker Bueller. And mm-hmm. LA would immediately say, you're crazy. We're not going to do that. And then I would, I would go down the list (laughs) and then I would go for Bobby Miller. If they're going to say no to Bobby Miller, then I'm like, well, well, then what are we talking about? Because we're giving you somebody, you covet this guy. It's not us chasing you. You're coming at us. Mm -hmm. You got to come up with something that is going to blow us away to move a guy who I, I said was the new face of the franchise. Now that Adam Wainwright is completely gone out of the picture, this is a new era of Cardinal baseball fully. And I would have Arenado as the face of the franchise for the remainder of, of his, uh, his current contract. Goldschmidt's a second to me just because of their personalities because Goldie doesn't, you know, he's like wallpaper. Like you don't know what the hell's going on in that guy. He just goes out, he does his job, and he's good at it. And he moves on with his life. Where Arenado, you can see him when he's happy, when he's sad and frustrated or excited. And I just I like that. Like when the the attitude that Molina brought over the years, the um, and I like the way Wilson Contreras uh mm-hmm. does his stuff too. But I would think Arenado is the face of your franchise now, uh, until that contract's up, and then hopefully you're you know bringing in like Jordan Walker or Norlin Gorman or somebody like that will be your new one. But right now, I mean, to move somebody like that after sure it was an abysmal year, but at the same time, it was a year you were expected to be good. Like nobody said you were gonna be this bad. So to move somebody like that, I'm going to need something amazing, right? 
And it seems to go against what the front office front office has been telling the fan base that they're trying to contend in 2024. Unless you get somebody like Walker Buehler, I don't think that trading Nolan Arnado makes you any better for next year. It prepares you for 25 and beyond. But if you want to mm-hmm. contend next year on an expiring Paul Goldschmidt contract and a couple other players you're going to be departing, you really got to keep Nolan Arnado on the field and on the roster. Yeah, I mean he's the middle of your lineup. He's your he's your guy. He's your meat. Uh, Goldie, even in the year he wins the MVP, I, I still can make an argument that Arenado was more important to the team than Paul Goldschmidt that year. Mm-hmm. Just the the way he is and the position he plays and how important that was. Uh, and you saw when he had a down year, the Cardinals had a down year. And yeah, he wasn't the only one. It's not all on his shoulders, but you see how important he is that, uh, you know, if he was coming through uh, the way we are used to seeing Nolan Arenado, things might have been a little bit different. I don't know how much better they would have been, but it would have been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned other moves that they might have to make, because uh, if you make a trade with something like the Dodgers and they throw all these prospects at you, you're not helping yourself for 2024. You're thinking long-term, probably 2025, 2026 with some of those guys. So what are some of your favorite targets that the Cardinals, pitching-wise, should be chasing? Now, you can choose whether you want free agency or you want to go the trade route. Who are a couple of the top names that you think they should be going after, like, hardcore? As far as the free agency route, I think Sonny Gray's got to be up there. I mean, he seems to fit exactly what we want. He's relatively young. I mean, he's at 34, which is... So on the low end of the career of your career, but he's aged pretty well. He seems to have numbers that would fit pretty well with our rotation. I'd say on the trade route, it's a little bit more open, obviously. I'm more of the buy low options. We seem to have some players like Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, who aren't quite at the peak of their trade value. So it's going to take a little bit more to get to get other players in return from them. Or you just buy low, find somebody else on another team who's struggling. Michael Kopak is a name, Nestor Cortez Jr. Um, I'd say even Brady Singer, you could swing just across the st- just across the state. He ended up finishing the season pretty well last year, but it's possible they can get traded for some spare parts that we have. Uh, what are your thoughts on somebody like? Um, let's see. What about? I know Dylan Dylan Cease is going to be somebody that a lot of people chase. What uh? What about Bieber in Cleveland? Uh, is that somebody that you think might be available since uh, he's another year down the road? Is is he worth it? Is he as good as people think he is? Because he did have the Cy Young win, but again, that was COVID year. Like mm-hmm. things were weird. So you know what else got it? Trevor Bauer won a Cy Young that right. year as well. So. I, I'm not putting a lot of stock into that. Is, is Bieber as good as people say he is? Like, should the Cardinals be looking into somebody like that? If he's the number one guy we get this offseason, I don't know if that's quite ideal. We'd need to bring in someone from free agency and Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray, Yamamoto type guy to, to supplement Shane Bieber. But I, he would be a very great addition to the rotation. He'd bring some strikeout numbers that we were looking for desperately, and he'd be consistent at least. And we know to expect from, from him for the most part. All right. All right. Any dark horses that you got uh, under your belt there that you're like, you know what? What about this guy? Is there anybody you got that's secretly a favorite of yours that maybe not everybody's talking about yet? Yeah, I'm working on something, trying to find some mid-tier pitchers. I think Lucas Giolito would be a lot of fun to bring over. I know there's some chatter about him when he was DFA'd two, three times this past year. (laughs) Cardinals Cardinals signing him and, and bringing him over just as an introductory trial run. I think he'd be a good addition as well. We wouldn't be the top end guy, obviously, but I think he'd slot in somewhere between Michaelis and Matt's, maybe even above both of them in the rotation. 
young guy, seems to have good numbers. He has a pretty good history behind him too. I don't think he'd cost much more than $15 million a year. So that brings a, that saves us some money for the rest of the additions throughout the offseason. Yeah, and he's somebody, yeah, like you said, he's coming in and where he he really had a tough year this year, but you've seen moments where even this year he would have games where you're just like, whoa, there he yeah. is. Because he was one of the guys that was top prospect pitching-wise in all of baseball for a bit there, and things just haven't quite panned out the way they thought he was when he came up with Washington. Mm-hmm. And um, he's certainly an interesting guy. Um, he's uh, – Hopefully he's not one of the top two guys that the Cardinals are able to bring in. But if he is somebody they could slide in as uh, the number four, like you mentioned, between a Michaelis and Matt's, uh, I, I think the Cardinals will be happy with that. Mm-hmm. I would so, agree. Well, yeah. uh, we'll be on the lookout for that piece at redwoodrants.com. Again, if you want to uh, follow Thomas on Twitter X, you can see his handle there below uh, on YouTube or just, you know, you just got to spell it out. Thomas Gavain, which is G-A-U-V-A-I-N. And that's uh, on Twitter X as well. So I uh, appreciate you stopping by here today, Thomas, and talking ball with us. And uh, we'll have you on here real, real soon when uh, something else happens. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me, J.D. It's been great to talk to you for a little bit. All right. You too, brother. And once again, thank you guys for being a part of Locked on Cardinals. Remember, you can always find us as your first listen each and every day. Give us a follow on Twitter, X at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And we'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.